my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am so happy to be in front of this microphone today to send you all happiness and joy or wishes of happiness and joy wherever you are. So this week I have one of my favorite people, Les Alfred from Balanced Black Girl on the podcast talking about the importance of self-care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Main products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Main continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Main believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Just with all of the things that April has brought us, I think just more time talking about taking care of ourselves, taking space for ourselves, loving on ourselves is what we need right now. And she is the perfect person to to talk about it. She gave so many gems. She gave so many examples of what self-care is that is not based in any of the cookie cutter things that we typically can just list off, but it's the things that we need to know. I felt challenged. I felt stretched. I felt seen. And I am just so happy that she's going to share those tips and tools with us here in the podcast. 
Um, before we jump into that, I just want to share that the Healed and Love Woman membership that I have been talking about for a while is open. I didn't want to talk about it too much with the last few episodes because of the content. I just wanted it to be able to have the space that it had, that it need, needed to have. But y'all, we had our first workshop this past Sunday where I taught women about finding and using your voice in relationships. I talked about where the difficulty in doing that comes from. I talked about how to shift your mindset and also gave women a challenge to work through over the coming month and practice practice using their voice, um, practice building the, the mindset and building the tools around what they will need to use their voice. And what I love about the membership is I actually get to support women throughout the month with the challenge until the next month when there's a new workshop, when there's a new topic about really leaning into your love worthiness as a healed and loved woman. For those of you who are new listeners of the podcast, um, we have our own framework here. We have our own framework that builds into us learning how to be fully connected to ourselves and fully open and available in our relationships with our loved ones. Um, We talk about becoming love balanced instead of love addicted, love available instead of love um, avoidant, and also leaning into our love worthiness instead of depriving ourselves of those things, instead of depending on other people and outside experiences and outside situations to give those things to ourselves. And so what the membership is, is actually not the same thing as our main coaching program, which is the recovery school, which you've probably heard me talk about um, a lot because that's our, um, our, our big private program. But the membership is really built to be something that every woman can participate in. That is a smaller step with a monthly workshop that talks about these concepts, that breaks it down for you, um, and also helps build sisterhood and community. So after our workshop this Sunday, I, I give the option for women to stick around to get broken into breakout sessions with other women. Um, you know, I really talk a lot about the importance of healing in community when it comes to healing intimacy disorders, when it comes to healing our attachment wounds. So many of us are like, okay, I'm going to get myself right, and then I'm going to try to build friendships, and then I'm going to start trusting other people and letting them in, but that's backwards. We have to start leaning into other people and finding out that the water is safe, finding out that we're that we are not going to burn ourselves, finding out that we can actually pick people who are good for us, and that people will actually respond to us, but What really helps with that is if we start with a safe space, if we start with like-minded women. And so um, if you listen to episode 55, when I broke down what is a healing circle, I talked about the steps. There's a free download for you to incorporate that into your life. There's a workbook on Amazon for you to to, um, talk about these different topics with women in your group. In addition to all that, we have a free directory where you can connect with other women and and get to know other women who are also looking for someone to 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 connect with. I, I know that's the same word, but I'm <laughs> I'm having a hard time come, <laughs> using my vocabulary today. But looking for other women who want to build this experience together. And as I've shared before, I know that that's also a little bit daunting, right? Like 
to to literally have to message someone and say, hey, can I be in your group? No matter what age you are, that can be very bringing you back to childhood, <laughs> bringing you back to middle school, bringing out those insecurities and fear of rejection and um, especially personalizing if someone doesn't respond to you, even if it's just the fact that they didn't see the message or, you know, just different things that I've noticed as we've built that free resource. And so what I love about the membership is that it has created this space where women were in this workshop They're all cheering each other on and saying me too and encouraging each other and saying, you know, what you said makes sense and validating each other while I'm teaching. And then they stayed around to some, some of the ladies decided to stay around in a group and get to know each other more. And I gave them discussion questions and um, they stayed for over an hour after the workshop was over just talking. And so it was just such a great first First workshop, I look forward to supporting the women who share in our membership, who continue to grow um, as we grow together over the next year and then celebrating with them at our um, at our Healed and Love Woman dinner because we're going to start having events as the world opens back up um, and our dinner will be a members only event. But all that to say, y'all, I want you to join the membership. I want that if you have been following Black Girls Heal for a while, uh, if you have been like, I have been wanting to learn more outside of the podcast, outside of the workbooks, outside of the freebies, and you either have not been able to because you don't have the time to, because you have not had the resources to participate in our bigger program, the membership is literally built to be that next step for women who Um, may have hurdles, whatever they may be, but are committed to their growth. So you can learn more about the Healed and Loved Woman membership by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash membership, reading about it, seeing if it's your jam, seeing if it's the right fit for you. And if it is, I would love to see you there. The current replay from this month's workshop is still there until next month. And then we have a whole new topic, y'all. So um, I would not procrastinate if you want to learn about finding and using your voice, stepping out of codependency, and showing up as your full self. So that's it for my plug. And y'all, can't wait for you to hear this episode. And um, I want to know what you are challenged with. And it's gonna make it's gonna make sense as you listen to it. But I would love to hear. I would love for y'all to DM me, email me afterwards if you remember this ask. Um, to let me know what is the thing that you are going to step out and do for yourself that maybe you have been too afraid to do before listening. So that's it. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's podcast. All right. So today on the podcast, I have Les Alfred. Hello, Les. Hi, Sheena. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being here. You have been one of my first online friends <laughs> and I'm also someone who I'm constantly learning from and being inspired by around boundaries, around um, self-love, around pride, even as a Black woman. And so I'm so excited just to have you here on the podcast and connecting with, um, with my audience. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, honestly, I could say 
the same and more about you. I'm so inspired by you and your work. So it's always an honor when I get to talk to you. Awesome. Well, um, many of you may know less as the balanced black girl, but I'm going to let her introduce herself and to all of you who may not know who she is. Yes, my name is Les. I am a former personal trainer and a wellness content creator. I am also a podcaster. I have a podcast called Balanced Black Girl, where I interview incredible Black women health and wellness experts. Sheena has been a guest on our show, truly one of our most popular episodes. Sheena, I don't know if you know that, but people love your episode. Um, And I'm really all about creating safe spaces to have conversations with Black women about the different ways that we can pour into ourselves. Awesome. Great. So one of the things, and I'm just going to jump right into it because I've been like ready for it all day. (laughs) One of the things that you do such a great job talking about is self-care and the place it should have in our lives. So I want to start off by asking why is self-care important to talk about? Why is it a great topic to focus on? I love that question. I think self-care is something that we have to continuously talk about because it's something that we need to constantly keep in the forefront of our minds. It's not mm-hmm. something that is kind of in, in addition to, or you know, once we get everything productive done, then we can focus on self-care. It's like the, the approach to self-care has to be embedded into everything that we do. And the way we make that happen is to talk about it and have really open, honest conversations about it and to share tips and tricks and share what we're doing and what's working and, and what's not working so that we can continue evolving in the way we take care of ourselves. Mm. I love that. And one of the things that are, that really stands out to me are the words con- continuously and consistently and how that looks as we evolve. Because when we think about self-care as not having one set routine or like you said, tips and tricks that we put into place and we're set, but as we grow, as we learn, as we heal, self-care may look differently for us. I mean, I think for all of us, self-care probably looked drastically different a year ago, you know, pre-pandemic than it has for the past year that we've lived in, right? So we constantly have to be adapting how we take care of ourselves based off of what we need. Yep, absolutely. All right, so million dollar question, how would you define self-care? Yeah, I would define self-care as being in tune with what your needs are and either meeting those needs yourself or seeking out the help you need to help you meet those needs. Could you say that again? That just (laughs) felt so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually had a moment. I mean, a moment I've had many moments where I'm like, I'm almost tired of taking care of myself. Can someone else step in and help take care Mm. of some of these things for me? Because sometimes even self-care, if we're doing it all, can feel like work. And remembering that a big part of self-care can also be asking for help, can also be asking for support and allowing ourselves to receive support from others is a big piece of the puzzle that I know 
I'm still working on. And, and I think a lot of us can probably relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can we focus on that a little bit more? What, what does it look like practically to delegate self-care? Definitely. I think one of my biggest learnings and I'm still in the process of learning is that things that I want, whether it is wanting to move my business in a certain direction or wanting to feel better or wanting, you know, to feel a certain way emotionally, that results don't always have to come from me doing things like me being Mm actively in some sort of task that I can receive support from other people and still get there, whether it is something in my business that I can delegate to someone else, or whether that is instead of me trying to solve every problem myself, finding someone that I trust who I can talk to and and get support in a certain situation to still get there maybe even get to where I'm trying to go faster or get to somewhere else that could be an even better result than what I could have thought of on my own. Mm-hmm. And I think another part of that is if you, if you, if it's hard for you to know how to share the load, when people offer to help that your immediate answer is yes. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the other day, I can't remember what exactly was going on, but I was very stressed because I think I had to take my son to the doctor and I had to get groceries and I had some emails that had been piling up and I was just running around my house and my sisters, I'm watching my son right now during quarantine and, and I was just very frazzled and she looked at me and she said, you know, Sheena, whenever Aiden wakes up from his nap, we can go to the grocery store for you. It's totally fine. And we can just make it be an outing. And I was like, Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And the old me though may have said yes, but even if she did say yes, she would have felt so much guilt and a burden and had a lot of shame that she wasn't able to handle it. And this time I was like, yes, help. I receive it because it should not be this stressful. Life mm-hmm. should, we, we deserve to have more ease and peace in our life. I love that example. And I'm so glad that you were able to receive that help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of lessons and a lot of hurdles and a lot of medical appointments because of the impact of how stress um, just manifests in our bodies for me to finally realize mm, this cape is heavier yeah. than it needs to be. And I'm just going to put it down yep. and exactly. I'm going to choose to relax as much yes. as I can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, something else you said in your definition of self-care that um, rang out to me, made me think about self-care involving emotional nourishment as well. So not just the actions that people typically think about with self-care, but how do I take care of my feelings? How do I soothe or parent or whatever you know, word people use when it comes to, to your healing work. Can you talk to that, talk about that a little bit? Definitely. And I would say this above probably any other form of self-care is a big one that I am 
working on because it does not come second nature to me to feel comfortable going to people and expressing my emotions or expressing sadness and, you know, whatever. But it is so, so important that we are able to do so, that we are able to feel free to express any emotion you know, across the board, because our ability to express those things and to feel how we feel and to honor our feelings, it's just, it's so important for us. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So how would you suggest, you know, feel free to share anything from your story or something that you've seen people in your audience do, but how would someone start the process of figuring out where their emotions lie in their body, what they're feeling, how to listen to them? What would you say? Definitely. Something that's been really helpful for me is getting to the root and really understanding why I don't feel comfortable expressing emotions. And that's just kind of my example, because that's been my lived experience is figuring out, well, where did that come from? When did I start doing that? Do I notice that I do it in some circumstances and not others? And why is that? And I think getting really curious with ourselves about why we maybe fall into the some of the same patterns that we do and start looking for kind of information around when that happens, because it usually is a pattern where we can probably think of multiple examples where we're not really honoring ourselves and honoring our feelings and just getting a really good understanding of where we're at, not coming from a place of judgment with ourselves, but really coming from a place of curiosity, like, huh, why do I do this? (laughs) Where did this start? Why do I continue to do this? I wonder what would happen if I did it differently the next time I felt this. And I think really having that sense of curiosity has been super helpful for me and not having a, a place of judgment. Yeah, yeah. What else about self-care do we need to know? So one of the things that we kind of touched on is self-care changing over time and what we need for self-care changing over time. But I think that that's super important and I want to really reiterate that. And something that I know I've noticed personally, I started getting into wellness and started embarking on my wellness journey when I was uh, in college, the summer before my junior and senior year of, of college were a really big turning point for me. And that's what got me really interested in wellness. So when I was 20 and what I did for wellness as a 20 year old is so, so vastly different a decade plus later. And if I were still trying to force myself to have those practices that my 20 year old self had or have the body that my 20 year old self had or to have my body respond to things in the same way, you know, now it would be a really frustrating, defeating experience. And also remembering that over time, not only does what we need change, but our responses to how we practice self-care changes. And so we have to constantly just be looking for information about like, does this, it does this fit where I'm at right now? Is this, is this good for me? Is this not good for me? And being willing to try different things and evolve in our self-care journeys is huge. Mm-hmm. Being willing to change your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And being willing, um, are, are you into human design? I am. I love human design. Yeah. What is your overtype? 
I'm a manifesting generator. Of course, so am I. <laughs> so <laughs> I love so one of the things, and I actually think it might've been, I don't know why I should be like team designer. It might've been one of your guests that first kind of like planted a seed that, that bloomed later on. But one of the things I've had to learn with self-care and routines, being a manifesting generator, is to let go of this pressure to, for consistency. Mm-hmm. Because us as manifesting generators, we are creative, we like variety, um, we are so connected to our sacral and like what feels good for us intuitively in the moment. And so what's actually nurturing to me is to be able to wake up and say, okay, do I want to meditate right now? Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Or do I want to script? Or do I want to exercise? Or do I need another five minutes and then to get up instead of being very legalistic? Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. 
So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. 100%. I could not agree more. Yeah. And, and, and there's some people who for them, it's like, it's the opposite. They need that super structured thing. And so I think it's that reminder that what we're doing and how we take care of ourselves, even if it, it doesn't feel good in the moment, because there are also some parts of self-care that just aren't going to feel good while you're doing it, right? Like a therapy feels good after, maybe, depending on what you're working through. <laughs> but sometimes in those <laughs> sessions, like it doesn't necessarily feel good. Or if you're doing a workout, you might feel good after, but while you're doing it, it may not feel good. But ultimately, it should lead to something that does feel more positive. And so when things do feel very like restrictive or just kind of against how you want to operate, that's like a really good sign to maybe switch something up, whether that is understanding your human design, which I mean, I'm a nerd for things like that. So I highly recommend, or just figuring out like how different routines vibe with you. Understanding what works is so helpful. Mm -hmm. And to that point, I think by doing self-care is how you get to know yourself. So it's not like you get to know yourself and then you create your self-care routine or practices all the time, but by doing is where you start to understand what fits and what doesn't fit. Um, I know one of the things that I really try to teach our audience is when it comes to, to communities and people that you learn from to just take that as inspiration and not as a cookie cutter mold that you need to follow. Because like you said earlier, you know, what someone else needs could be the complete opposite of what works for you. And that's okay, no matter how much you may admire them. For sure. Oh, that's such good advice. Yeah. So we've talked about in the realm of self-care, we talked about emotional nourishment. We talked about the ability to receive help, um, to live in peace as aspects of self-care. Um, you talked a little bit about um, working out. Um, are there any other domains of self-care that would be important for people to consider as they're looking to discover more about this? Definitely. I would say another area of self-care that I have also been kind of challenging myself to do more of, and, and people may not think of it as self-care, but I started thinking of it as self-care, is really looking at things that I've told myself I can't do or things that I think I can't do or that I'm not good at or that I am afraid of doing because I'm not good at trying anyway and letting oh. myself be bad at things. And I think for people who are perfectionists, which is probably a lot of us, a lot of us, you know, I think in both of our audiences can probably relate. We have these women who are just, they're high achievers and they, they carry the loads and they do the things. And we can sometimes be a little bit afraid if we do things that we're not good at, or, you know, where we can't be perfect at something allowing ourselves to go back and kind of be a, be a student. Like when you're a kid, you don't really care that much how good you are at coloring. You just color because you like to do it, right? Or you play something because you like to play it and giving myself room to be a student and to play and to do things just because I want to do them, but maybe have no intention of, of getting good at them <laughs> has mm -hmm. also been a really big part of self-care. Unless you're all up in my business, I feel 
I feel personally attacked because how <laughs> dare you tell me to do something I'm not already perfect at. I know Ugh. it's scary. Honestly, today, just today at work, I mean, I have to be honest, y'all, I'm kind of a more of a creative. I'm not like the analytical type and I have see even that right there even me saying that is such a limiting belief but in the past I have felt very intimidated by analytical things and spreadsheets and I have some work at my job right now that I have to do it involves going through spreadsheets and analyzing data and making you know recommendations and I don't can't weasel my way out of it the way I've been able to in my career thus far, mm -hmm. I have to do it. And so even today I was like, okay, I have some time this afternoon. It's just me and this spreadsheet. Like, how about I teach myself a few features of this program that honestly, I probably should have learned to do a decade ago, but whatever that I Googled and taught myself how to do today. And it was the most basic Excel functions, but I was so proud of myself when I just gave myself time to just learn how to do it and not beat myself up over the fact that I didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. I love that for you. And see, this is, this is such a great example of how knowing yourself can really be, be impactful because as I'm listening to tell, tell that story, I'm so happy for you and inspired, but I also feel my feet shaking and I feel a little <laughs> sweaty. And I know that that means that that means that there's something deeper going on for me to examine, mm, right? Like yeah. that response is not typical. Um, but in the past I would be numb to that. And I might go and eat some food or I might go in you know, have sex or do something else to distract myself from, from the moment. So yeah. love that. I'll, I'll give you an update if I challenge myself <laughs> with the thing I have in mind. <laughs> yeah, please do. I, I would yeah. love to hear about that experience for you. And it can be, it can be so scary to do those things where it's like, Ooh, I know, I know my lane. I know what I'm good at. And I stick to that. Um, but I, I would love to hear what comes up for you if you decide to try, try those yeah. things. Yeah, I actually think I'm going to share it if that's okay. Now oh, that yeah. I'm kind of playing in my mind, because I think as I'm thinking about what it is, I think all the things that we're probably afraid of doing are really just all, it's just a checklist of all the things that we need to reclaim. That's always been inside of us. So the thing for me is dancing. I have always loved to dance. Um, I've always loved music but I am not naturally a good dancer. And I grew up with a lot of um, insecurity about like my body and how I looked. And so that definitely manifested in the freedom that I had with how I carried myself. And my sisters were both dancers as well. So then like the comparison of like the younger me and like they're such good dancers and I'm not and just it all just folded on top of each other. But I know that me reclaiming this one because it is a deep desire that I have to be able to dance and be free and you know move and twerk and do all the things that I want to do right but not only just for me as a person but like just thinking about internalized oppression and like being able to reclaim my body as a black woman and be free and be seen um there's just many layers to it and I need to walk in that and I need to, to put myself out there and not want to do secret dance lessons in my room until I can hit all the moves before I go to a dance class or whatever it is. 
I so appreciate you sharing that, Sheena, and and being vulnerable about that. I I can wholeheartedly relate and have such a similar experience when it comes to dancing and relationship to dancing. And let's let's check in with each other and keep our keep each other accountable and see how see how we're doing at at just trying it out. (laughs) I would love that. Yes, yes, awesome. Okay, so. I love, by the way, that that was not like a typical cookie cutter response. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we need, right? Is to grow beyond what we've been told self-care is. Oh, totally. I mean, honestly, I, when I think about self-care and I know I had kind of touched on the definition of what I think it is earlier, but I also think it's important to think about what we want to gain from self-care. Like for me, I practice self-care to feel more confident and to feel like I'm kind of stepping into myself and stepping into my abilities more and like I'm able to show up more. And for me, at least nothing builds more confidence than doing things that I thought I once couldn't do and, and really stepping into my power, even if it's something as small and dumb as like, an Excel function or learning a dance combo. Cause I've definitely, like I said, feel the same way about dancing and in quarantine, I've definitely done plenty of like virtual dance classes. Cause I thought, perfect. Now nobody can see me and <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a safe space. And even just learning in eight count, you know, in, in your room, like the confidence that comes from that of when I first saw this, I didn't think I could do it. And then I did it like that to me, I think are important aspects of self-care that we don't talk about because it can be very easy to focus on some of the external, right? To think about things like face masks and getting our hair done and getting our nails done. And all those things are great. I'm also not going to talk down on any of those things. Um, But there are other pieces of the puzzle that we can add to those things as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, are there any other things for us to keep in mind or as far as like behaviors or actions, even though I just totally said, let's forget about the actions. Just for- <laughs> <laughs> any practical, any other practical things to keep in mind? Yeah, oh, man. So this is a big one and it's a hard one because it's also something that I have started thinking critically about is I think we've all had experiences where we kind of change who we are and how we show up a little bit depending on who we are or who we're around and who we are talking to, right? Like I think we've maybe all had those friendships or those relationships where they that can be your go-to person when you're just really on one and you want to vent about something and you want to spiral and you know that person will spiral with you or they want to spiral and they know that you will spiral with them being really aware of those behaviors and when you feel the urge to go spiral with with that person or those people maybe taking a step back and also maybe finding other ways to address those feelings is another big one. I feel like I just opened a big can of worms, but Mm. it's something that's really been on my mind and on my heart and something that I've been experiencing quite a bit. Yeah. So one way that I'm hearing what you're saying is, is being intentional that 
or knowing that self-care is choosing relationships that actually help us heal and move forward and don't enable ways that we may self-sabotage or be stuck, even if it might feel good in the moment. 100%. And, and I'm not telling anybody to dump their friends or dump their people. But what I am saying is that if you're maybe in a position where you are a little bit more vulnerable or you're feeling more down, that may not be the time to call your friend that you know will go down the spiral with you, you know, like maybe hang out with them when you're, when you're in a a good place that, you know, when you're stable, your foundation is a little more stable (laughs) um, as opposed to maybe when you're feeling more vulnerable. And if you are feeling more vulnerable, maybe that's a good time to reach out to a friend who, who can maybe help lift you up a little bit more and, and knowing the difference. Yeah. When I think about playing that out, I think about how sometimes the friend who will spiral or vent with you or say how someone else's fault and not yours, you might not want to call them, but if you call all of your securely attached or healthy friends, sometimes they may not know how to validate, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're so, they're so quick to fix or to tell you it'll be okay, that it, it makes you feel more lost. So it's it makes you want to regress and talk to, to this other friend. Um, one of the things that I try to teach um, students and I want to share with everybody here, I would love to get your thoughts on this, is you need to teach people how to treat you sometimes. And that includes your good friends too, yeah. because they're not mind readers. So if I go to, to my friend and I say, hey, this is something that happened and they immediately give me advice, when I wasn't looking for advice, I just needed you to tell me that my feelings made sense. I need to communicate, this is what I needed instead, or this is what happened and this is what I need to hear from you. And that's okay to do. 100%, I absolutely agree. And I have had experiences, I think it's about kind of knowing who to who to go to for different things. And really communicating what it is you need in that moment. And I've also started asking people when they come to me, like, okay, what, what's the vibe we're on? Are we looking for solutions? Are you just trying to vent? Like, let me know. Mm -hmm. So I also know how to help you (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that it can kind of go all, all directions. Yeah. Yes. That is healthy communication. So love that. Love it so much. Great. Well, what is something that you think it would be important for people to keep in mind as we start to come to a close? Yeah, you know, I think it's important to constantly, constantly be dancing between accountability, grace, and curiosity when it comes to how we take care of ourselves. And that means giving ourselves grace when we need it. We have been in a period of extreme distress for a long time and that still can't be dismissed. And even as we start moving towards what we once considered normal, I think the effects of what we've all experienced and how we take care of ourselves, I think we're all going to be forever impacted and remembering to have a lot of grace is really important. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you know better, 
and you don't do better, and this is the accountability piece, it can also be really hard. Even for me, like I talk about wellness all day long and there are still so many days where I'm like, girl, you didn't go outside and get some fresh air or you were on TikTok late at night knowing you needed to wake up in the morning and <laughs> remembering remembering that when you know better, you do better. And also just keeping yourself accountable for those things that are, are going to feel good and not beating ourselves up, but just knowing, um, knowing that all of our decisions and all of our behaviors do have uh, different results attached to them. And so, and sometimes it's like, you know what, I'll be sleepy tomorrow because I really want to watch this TikTok. Or sometimes it's like, you know what, let me put the phone down and actually go to bed because it is really important for me to be fresh and, and understanding the difference. Yeah. TikTok is probably the blessing from 2020. <laughs> 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 for people who are not on TikTok and just think of some other silly social media app, it is, it has been such a, an incredible wealth of not only humor, but information and connection and just growth and learning. Um, but it definitely does have that double-edged sword of like the rabbit hole and losing hours For <laughs> sure. through these, yes. through these videos. <laughs> yes. But yeah, love that. I just want to come, come back really quick to the grace part. And I just really want to emphasize that because so many of us are super women and feeling like we need to do everything and not even being aware of when we are doing that um, because it might just be so reflexive and automatic. Um, so I just really wanna say, you know, it is okay for you to need to heal, um, for you to still not be okay a year later. Um, and like you were saying, even past that, um, to not, not even be able to do the things you're supposed to be doing. So, you know, I'm a healer by trade. I'm a therapist by trade. And I've been very clear and open with, if you ask me anything about racial trauma, if you ask me anything about coping during the pandemic, I ain't got it. And I'm not going to try to mm -hmm. force myself to get it because I have my own healing space and I'm not going to have any shame about that because that's where I am. I will point you to people who can do it but I'm allow myself the mental health and space to take care of me right now. And that's fine. I love that. I love that boundary. That's so yeah. important. Yeah, great. Well, I've really loved our time together. I knew you were going to tell me things that weren't even on my radar. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I feel like I've been challenged. You gave me a little bit of therapy, gave me a little bit of coaching. So I appreciate that. Um, appreciate being able to receive that. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes. So my podcast, Balanced Black Girl, has new episodes coming out on Tuesdays on your favorite podcasting app. And then you can find me on Instagram at Balanced Black Girl Podcast. And then my account is at Balanced Less. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Sheena. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 